All right, man. Got the man, the myth, the legend, Eddie V. The first guest on the show, dude. This is freaking awesome, dude. Hello, hello. Yeah, dude. Thanks for bringing all this stuff, dude. This stuff's freaking nuts. Of course. Of course, I'm happy to. Always happy to share this hobby with somebody else and kind of share this world of, of you know, what starts out as a small 97-cent car, but it dives into just so many avenues yeah, dude, that's the thing. That's one of the reasons one of the reasons why I'm glad you came on is cuz there is an entire world of these cars and the artists that spend hours and hours and hours. You said some of these that you like use like real car paint like that's kind of what I wanted to shed some light on, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh you've got so you start up you start out the life of these cars that start out in this package uh just you know, you buy them in the store again for 97 cents, or uh, if you want to go to the nicer ones, you can pick them up for six, seven bucks. Uh, you pick them up with, you know, nicer wheels, nicer paint. So you start out with a nicer car at the beginning, but you're talking, uh, you can strip them down, uh, use, you know, basic hand tools, take them all apart. Uh, and you're talking, uh, you, you strip them of the paint. Um, sorry, we're gonna cut that, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, no worries yeah so um essentially what you do is you're going to strip the paint off of them uh and you're 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 treating these vehicles as as an actual car you're filling in the spots you're you're using body filler you're shaving down components and, and you're talking hours upon hours of work uh that essentially get taken into account to ultimately represent something that is truly a one-off piece of art when you really start looking at it. Um, like this car you're showing me here, I'm looking at, and uh, we'll get a feature spotlight on it. I mean, there's literally, I can see like plug wires that look like almost the thickness of, of a hair. And you can see the ridges in the carburetor. Um, they did like some sort of rusted paint job. Like, I mean, this thing, how many hours something like that take? Something like this, uh, if I remember correctly, because he actually did it as a set. Wow. So uh, combined, if I remember correctly, he told me about 30 hours. 30 hours? Oh, yeah. for both cars? For both Holy cars. Moly, dude. Uh, you're talking, You're talking the rust patina on the actual paint job. Uh, you start getting real close, you actually start to see uh, not only the plug wires, but you start seeing the headlight wires, you start seeing the radiator, uh, radiator hoses, you start seeing the exhaust wrap, the details that gets done in there, you start seeing the, the bluing of the exhaust, you start going into those small intricate details that you are talking, people are literally doing this with a monocle, um, putting these things together with a single haired brush. Uh, putting in some of these details in these cars um, so it's it's incredible it's like uh, I can imagine somebody like disassembling a watch or like servicing a watch like that level of like how small these things are and how much detail um, someone would have to have a lot of patience to to be doing this definitely it, it's something where it is a labor of love um, at the end of it, you know, you as as an artist, you know, the, these are not my cars in, in a sense where I did not make these, but these are just my collection, and I've just had the the opportunity and the luck and the blessing to be able to get close to these artists and uh, to know their craft and uh, 
get real, real close to it and enjoy it. And so with these guys, I mean, they do it as a labor of love. And yes, they, they, may, they can make money off of it and whatnot, but all of these guys ultimately is just, they enjoy the car. They yeah. enjoy the process. They create the, the creativity aspect of it. The, uh, again, like I said, the one-off uh, points of it where it will it, it you can try to replicate it but it won't be the same and so again it is truly art when you start looking at these pieces um yeah i mean cars. it's um it's like these guys aren't really looking to get rich off it but to know that you know someone's enjoying like yourself you know these cars that uh that they have made that they're sitting on someone's shelf um and i mean also like for instance this this chevelle here like i mean at this point you could you could probably have them make like your own car you yeah. know what i mean um like if someone literally had a wide body chevelle with chameleon paint you could probably hit one of these guys up and be like hey this is my car make yes. my car exactly i mean what can they not do you know what i mean exactly i mean you're, you're talking the the level of what these cars can go to uh i have I have other vehicles that have removable pieces, opening doors. I have uh, vehicles that have the, the entire body uh, completely modified and shaved down uh, the base of the vehicles. Uh, again, kind of going back to an earlier point where you can start out with a nicer vehicle from the very beginning, the six, seven dollar car uh, versus the one dollar car. You can start out with what's called a metal base car and so with the metal base exactly that you're talking the artist has to now modify the entire bottom of this vehicle shave it all down to where it's completely flat to be able to allow the vehicle to still roll still be able to you know be a car <laughs> but you're talking uh, razor thin fenders you're talking hours upon hours of just fitting millimeters into making this look you know like it, it is yeah it's 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 a crazy. piece of art uh and i go back to that just because i mean again it's it's something where it's somebody's labor of love it's somebody's uh craft it's somebody's time one thing i do want to mention is we yourself myself and a lot of car enthusiasts have this knack for like modifying our cars like I don't know what that is, but like it's like a mod bug, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And the the problem is is you know, at some point you may need a lift, you may need like thousands upon thousands of dollars, you know, you need another car to drive to work, but you can kind of or you really can like exercise that mod bug of like modifying cars at this level and it's it's doable, you know. This isn't going to like kill the bank. You don't need a whole garage and a lift like yeah. you're still sort of um you know, enjoying that hobby, but at, you know, with these cars and it's, it's, it's pretty doable. I feel like, you know, not someone's going to be at this level of making an amazing art piece with real automotive paint and like welding on a wide body, but, you know, someone can, can start where they want modifying these cars. And, uh, it's a little bit more like realistic than doing a wide body and a real Chevelle cost you like how much? Oh, <laughs> oh, money, easy, yeah, you know? easy. You're 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 into the fifty seventy, yeah. you know, all day long. So that's that's really cool that you know you can you can scratch that itch 
in a realistic way with these with these cars, you know. And uh, I think that's really neat. How much do like uh, would some of these go for? Like like this this one was about fifteen hours each. About yeah. Uh, so what you have uh, you have a whole range. Uh, it really does come down to the artist. Uh, themselves in terms of what kind of work they put into into the vehicle because uh, because quite frankly uh, as we're looking at these two examples here uh, I paid the same oh wow so like this BMW is the same as this I paid the same for that set as I did for that single car huh but now the thing is 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 now you've got okay friends not as close friends you have the artist you have uh, the, the, the point of uh, somebody that is essentially trying to make money off of it and somebody that is wanting to just do it just because somebody appreciates and enjoys it. Um, but you've got, again, going back to the original point where you start out with a 97 cent car and you're easily into the hundreds. Uh, you can easily pay $100, 150 250 uh, or you can pay 30 bucks for somebody to just rattle can, you know, put, you know, I want this car here red. I see. Okay, fine. Somebody pulls it apart. We'll pull the rivets off if they're not lazy about it. Mm -hmm. Strip it down, repaint it with a rattle can, dry it, maybe swap the wheels on it. 30 bucks. Thank you very much. Here you go. You know, but again, when you start talking hand-built, you know, hand-built parachutes, hand-built wheelie bars and you start getting into the interior of it you're talking roll cages uh, detachable steering wheels um, custom shifters uh, exhausts and all these points is, is again uh, you had mentioned it as a watchmaker is exactly that is you're taking these intricate little pieces apart and you're putting it all back together in the hopes to not only look right but I mean for a simple effect is for it to roll for it to look right um, but it is truly a craft in it uh, because it's definitely not easy. I've definitely seen people take many days and many cars uh, because this is a trial and error kind of thing. You know, what you see is people that are not only perfecting, but there's, they are still working on their craft, their art, you know. Their, yeah. So it's cool. It's, it's pretty crazy. Out. So on one end you have people who are, you know, buying these cars and then they're just completely revamping them uh top to bottom but then on the other end you kind of have like these rare ones uh like this gtr here uh, that you can you can just buy it as is but these these can be really really rare some of these cars and you know people want to collect them and things like that yeah so what you're holding there actually um so there enter the world of what's called super treasure hunts. Super treasure hunts, uh, in a short sense, are uh, the like model of a vehicle that is in that specific series. So you can have a quote unquote normal GTR and then you have the super treasure hunt. You have a slightly different variation in paint, better wheels, stuff like that that make it that much nicer. Now at that point, that car becomes that much more than your average car because typically you only have one of those for every few cases and each wow. case will carry you know 70 cars 72 cars uh, smaller cases 30 so you're talking 
the chances of finding it can be quite small. Uh, you look for, uh, when you flip the car a little bit and you kind of jostle it around in there just kind of gently, you can look underneath the car behind it, you'll see verbiage and a little lightning bolt uh, right underneath the actual card itself here. And so what you're looking for when oh, you're out and about searching it, searching for it, is you're looking for that kind of stuff. Uh, and oh, they all they, they look very, very close, but... Uh, it's to the trained eye that will make uh, a collector just go nuts going store over store over store just trying to find that car. Uh, unfortunately, on the other end is you have a collector aspect and then you have uh, what's called a scalper aspect. Uh, the collector is great. You know, I finally found this car. I've wanted it for a long time. I've enjoyed it. You know, I, I want to keep it. It's part of my collection. Then you have other people that, again, all of a sudden, you know, this car, uh, because it is so rare, now can be resold for $60, $70, $200, for that car that that original person sold, you know, bought it for $0.97 cents a dollar. Jeez. You know, whatever it is. Wow. You know, and, and you have a whole bunch of, of different characteristics uh, kind of going into the world of baseball collecting, baseball card collecting, comic book. Uh, you have the condition, you have the, uh, the look of the card, you have the car itself, you have, you know, what is the actual condition of all that? And that all determines the actual uh, value of the vehicle. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like uh, when you look at like a regular Hot Wheel, they kind of have like, um, or any type of like small model car they kind of all seem to have like the same kind of like wheel on them um, or similar like kind of paint but like this looks like a real wheel yeah just at this scale and the paint so that's kind of what would set one apart from a regular one is like you said nicer paint like better wheels um, it's, it's all in I guess the detail Exactly, and and that that word is, is what I've always enjoyed about these little cars. I mean, I we call them little cars, but wow, <laughs> there's so much to them. Yeah, uh, but it's it's exactly with with that is these these details that are in these vehicles. Uh, you're you're talking again. You know, the one that you were just holding. You have opening pieces to them. You have uh, wheels that are modeled after actual cars. Uh, you have factory colors, you have all those little fine details, you have the badging uh, that comes to it. You know, you can sit and look at a vehicle and I, there, I still find myself coming back to some of these cars and, and revisiting details that I find. It's just like, oh man, that's cool. And that's why I'm glad we're doing this because myself and like a lot of people don't, wouldn't even know that like literally you could potentially buy an R34 GTR with like a hood that opens and literally it shows the engine, the intake, the strut tower. And these wheels look like TE37s, is that what they are? Yeah, I mean, that's what they're modeled after. And it's got literally like GTR on the back, it's Nissan. Um, I mean, that's pretty crazy. These things must be really rare because a lot of car enthusiasts and myself growing up, like, I don't know that I've ever even had like a car like that at that level, you know? They kind of all had like the stamped wheels, you know what I mean, that are all the same and, and whatnot. So, yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. Yeah, it's pretty sick. I I ended up just kind of 
falling into this world. Uh, I've always been a car enthusiast uh, since I was a kid. Uh, and so at that point, uh, you run into a lot of car enthusiasts. Uh, Hot Wheels and, and just the car culture are pretty synonymous with each other. But yeah. uh, usually a lot of people will stop there. You know, and, and when you start diving into this world of, you know, that GTR that you were just holding there, you're talking membership exclusive vehicles that is not available to the general public. You start getting into numbered vehicles. You start getting into uh, vehicles that are only available at auction, you know, and so uh, auction and conventions also, um, all the way to, again, you can just pick them up at a gas station. You know, yeah. So that, that, that world, uh, because it is so vast, I think that it just encases so many people or can encase so many people that they never really thought that it could, you know, it's, yeah. it's people have these vehicles, you know, they, they can pick up these cars and say, oh yeah, my, I remember my brother used to have a Camry like that or, you know, or whatever it may be. And it's just that small little memory of what yeah. it is, you know, and it's just, the, everybody at some point hasn't been involved with a vehicle yeah. at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like everybody is has a car enthusiast inside of them. Either their uncle had a cool Corvette, or you know, everybody has the dream car. Like, and um, you know, I think that's really neat to to really like. And what I think is so cool about the cars that you brought in your collection is. The variety. I mean, we have this GTO here, drag car. So we kind of have the domestic scene, JDM, GTR 34s. And then we also like, you know, just ends of the spectrum. We have this lowrider that you said actually came with these hydraulics on it. Yeah. So, you know, there's sort of all this variety and encapsulated in, you know, different car cultures at you know with these cars this is also really really cool yeah uh going back to going back to what we we're what we we're saying is, is everybody having a car at some point in their life will have some sort of cool story associated with it you know and so because of that you're able to touch such a broad spectrum of cultures uh again going from a lowrider scene to uh, off-roading trucks to uh, import scene to the, the the muscle cars really just anything and everywhere is vehicles obviously have touched the lives of everyone and so if you're able to have a sliver of that at some point yeah that you know is, is just super super cool uh, to me to just have um, being able to have that piece roll around with you and just be able to look at it and say oh yeah, yeah remember that specific yeah. memory. I mean a perfect example is like this set here. Everybody knows this set. You don't even have to love cars. I mean look right behind you. I have that poster on the wall. Yeah. And look, a picture is cool. Someone printed out a million of those. Mm -hmm. But you got this this set here. People look at this, a lot of memories go through their head of like prime time, like car culture when this movie came out paul walker like so to have that in this set um you know that's it's really it's really cool yeah i mean that one specifically i just i, I love the fact that it, it not only does it show a film but it also does show a scene yeah that, you know everybody you know that has seen the movie will remember that scene and yeah so, I always enjoyed that box just for that set, or just for that scene, 
and just how well they did that. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. And I mean, like, how many quotes come, like, tuna no crust comes Man. to my mind when I see this, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, uh, 10 second car, like, just oh. so many memories and things and quotes. Um, and it's, it's a lot cooler to have it like this with these actual, like, replica cars than just like a poster on the wall and it's it's really cool so that's just kind of one example like this is from a movie based yeah. off of a movie yeah uh that so that car or that set i should say that set there actually it was available in store and everything and so it's not like that one was something super exclusive but the fact that you can as you said you know you can actually hold it and and take a look at it, the details versus looking at just something on the wall yeah you know that that being able to encapsulate that moment in that film is just super cool uh, to me like um if i walked into somebody's house or like my boss's office or or something and he yeah. and they have this like i'm automatically like oh this dude he knows what's up like that's yeah. cool you know yeah. what i mean yeah he and knows. It's, that's the car culture exactly that's just, culture. he knows yeah. he knows the cars he knows yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's super dope I'm just gonna double check this thing still wrong. Dude. Yeah. dude, this is awesome. Dude. There you go. Sweet. Yeah, I'm really happy brought all this stuff. Oh yeah, lots of points. Um and like this one and a lot of these are officially licensed. Like this is officially licensed by Nissan. Yeah. Yeah, so licensing is a, is a big, big thing, actually, uh, to be able to get all the models down, to, to be able to get the names, the rights, and everything. Uh, and actually, uh, so Hot Wheels no longer makes, uh, no longer has a partnership with Ferrari. Really? That's yeah. so sad. Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah, so you will not see any new Ferrari uh, die-cast cars. Why is that? Uh, just somewhere in their their lines of communication somewhere in there uh they just said no more don't want it and I, if i remember correctly it happened somewhere around like the mid 2000s um i, I was I, I have a few of them but you know they're still Damn, so that's got to be rare it yeah yeah they're they're on the rare side uh they're definitely cool to have um but it's something where you're able to have uh, again like a, a piece of history where you know, okay, yeah. they no longer produce it. Yeah, Damn, it's, it's no Ferrari, longer. that is kind of messed up because <laughs> there's kids that want, like, Ferrari Little Hot Wheel or something, and yeah. it's like, dude, come on, man. Yeah, you what got Lamborghinis, you got McLarens, <laughs> you've got so many others, Yeah, but not Ferrari. Don't know why, but they just they decided not to. You know, but uh, you've, you've got... Uh, you had actually mentioned it uh, when somebody has you know it's always super cool when you take uh, going back to these customizers you've got these customizers that can take a photo of a vehicle and then just make you a whole little mini of That's that crazy. car you know yeah. <laughs> again being the it's one off and, and only you have it yeah. you know, that, that individual feeling is just super cool I had a friend of mine that he had made a car for a friend of his and he got it down to where he was able to get the dings and the, oh, the scuff marks and those details is just that's there are very too. many things that are this small, this intricate that you can sit there and you know do yeah. that with and, and it's such a such a a, a cheap intro to mm -hmm. get into. Yeah. You know, again, a dollar. You should get one of the Lexus, dude. <laughs> so 
I have I have one that is in the making. Oh, nice. But it is not Hot Wheels. Oh, it is not Hot Wheels. Uh, so you've got a whole world of just mini die casts. And you have Japan exclusive. You have uh, companies that only will, will make cars out there. And so you have to get them imported. So this specific car, a uh, couple of cars that I have, uh, Hot Wheels never made my Lexus. And so, really? Yeah. I'm so actually kind of surprised yeah, about that. Yeah, they didn't make very many LS, uh, very many Lexus models actually in general. Hmm, that's surprising. Yeah, so Lexus, don't know. <laughs> they gotta get, they gotta get in there. But uh, yeah, I was able to get to source a vehicle, uh, get it imported uh, from Japan, and, and you know, again, you're talking these little cars, but you know, that little car cost me thirty bucks. You know, but to have it, you know, to know, yeah. okay, it's a mini of my car. Yeah, it's yeah, sick. yeah, and so I have a friend of mine that's going to take it apart and, and color match it and do all that's that. That's awesome. Too. Yeah. I got to see that when it's done. Yeah, yeah. So that would be that would be super cool. That kind of like reminds me when you see these Instagram videos of these guys like uh, showing their exact car on top of the hood of their car, and then they zoom out. Yep. Like, oh crap. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and again, you, you talk about an individual, you talk about one off. Uh, that's that's really what I've enjoyed a lot about this uh, this hobby when you start talking the customize uh, the customization aspect um, again handmade parts uh, you've got uh, details that will I mean unless you're actually using a micro uh, an actual mic uh, magnifying glass you won't actually see but if you look inside of the interior on this you've got actual an actual gauge cluster you've got <laughs> yeah. that is crazy yeah, you've got, again, the, the shifters custom on it. You've got um, a whole bunch of stuff that is just, again, one-off, handmade, and somebody just sat there. and Wow, dude, I can barely it. see that shifter, but I see it. Yeah. And the, it's got the parachute cord from the back going yeah. underneath. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy, dude. Yeah, the amount of detail, again, is just mind-blowing. And so every time that I would get these in the mail, is just... Oh, it was always, yeah, I mean... Best you know, feeling. Of course, you know, because now that, you know, you see something in picture and then you're actually able to hold it, you yeah. know, and, and actually, you know, get to appreciate everything. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things is just kind of stopping and saying, oh, it's not, it's not just a, oh, it's not just a plastic little toy. Yeah. Again, it's art. You sit and you look at it and you can... Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, soak it in. That's awesome, dude. Well, I really appreciate you bringing these over, dude. And we're going to have to have a lot more episodes. Because <laughs> I know you have, like, the craziest collection. And uh, I'll definitely put in uh, more clips for everyone to see of everything that we're looking at and some other stuff. Um, but, I mean, as far as, like, with cars, like, not only is this your hobby, but you actually, you've been working in the auto industry for, what, almost 15 years? Yeah, uh, actually, right now, my last count, actually, I just hit 17 years in the automotive 17 industry. years, yeah. dude, that's crazy. Yeah. And yeah. you're not even, you're still a young guy, dude, so you started young. Yeah, I actually, I graduated out of high school, I went to uh, UTI, graduated, started out as a technician, you know, an intro level. Right oh, I didn't even know you were a tech, dude, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I started out as a, uh, as a technician at a Infinity dealership. I didn't know that. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. You know, Lube Tech, you know, you start out, you know, humble beginnings. You know, you start exactly. from the very beginning and, and 
you know, I had to learn what it was to be in an actual shop versus a controlled environment, you know. And so after about a year and a half, two years of doing that, uh, there was actually a specific conversation that I had had with my master technician. And uh, he told me, it's just, it's not, uh, the industry's changing. Yeah. And it's, it's not getting worth it. It's not worth it. And so... I had made the transition over out of uh, technician over into the service uh, service consultant side. Uh, been doing that. I uh, transitioned into a manager role uh, for a little bit, and I realized that I was not uh, the type of person to run uh, the management role that they wanted me to. And so went back to a service advisor and been doing that. So. It's been a lot, a lot of years doing it. <laughs> yeah, damn, man, you've been at it for a while. And like yeah. a lot of people don't really realize like the auto industry is one of the toughest industries. I mean, you got to be ready to work like a lot of hours. Um, in some aspects, I think it is a little bit underappreciated, to be honest. It is. Uh, I, I would definitely say so uh, because you, you've got... You've got the the people that will encapsulate the dealership. Yeah. But there are people. You know, I think it comes down to an actual individual uh, interaction with the person. You know, I could. You know, you could be an employee of the place, but you know, you always want to understand that yes, you are working for the company, but you as an employee, you represent it. Mm, you know. Yeah. And, and so. Uh, a customer coming in is that's one of the most important aspects of it is because you're the representative of, of you know Subaru or of Nissan or whatever brand it is that somebody may work for your interaction with that person is ultimately what's going to dictate what it is that they're going to feel leaving you know and, yeah. and that you know it, because of the fact that it does that with people um Again, it encapsulates their aspect of it, their their perception of it. I see uh, what you're saying. It's sort of like if someone goes to service, they're not going to go service with Fletcher Jones. They're going to go service with Eddie Valderrama. And, you know, it's like, I guess what people need to realize, I think what you're kind of getting at is like, it's, it's, it's more down to like the person that you're specifically dealing with and working with who's helping you, not the dealership. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, ultimately is the person is, they're also trying to make a living too, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so you've got to understand that there is, there's a balance, it is a business, but there is a balancing point, you know, and again, it comes down to the relationship of, do you, does the customer feel comfortable enough uh, to have that relationship with the person, you know, and I feel that if people don't, allow it to happen and just oh it's a dealership i don't want anything to do with it i don't want anything and it's just a faceless thing yeah you know that definitely changes the perception of it and no two dealerships are made the same like just so everyone knows if you're not aware like literally it and it's it's pretty crazy like i mean it's just there's too many stores there's too many brands it's so hard for these manufacturers who especially like are international to to try and quality control all these dealerships down to you know each survey but literally you can have a toyota dealership that it's almost like going to mercedes-benz you know minus a loaner car but um and then some where you're like 
I will never come back here again. So just that's one thing that I think is important that people realize no two dealerships are made the same. No, uh, just like every McDonald's, you know, you've got them individually owned and franchised. And so everybody's got their own set of rules is, you know, not not every Porsche dealership is, is the same as every other. Not every Nissan dealership, not every, you know, everybody is owned by a different person or it's going to be by a different individual group. They have their own standards. They have their own representation. They have their own uh, look to to uphold, whatever it may be. But exactly that is, you know, just because you look at a Toyota dealership on one end of the town doesn't, uh, that doesn't apply to the same dealership that would be across the town as another Toyota. Yeah. You know, so at that point is that having that separation and people understanding that there is that. Um, sorry. Oh, no, it's getting <laughs> warm in here. Yeah, it's warm in here. Um, but it's hot yeah it is kind of warm dude it's like humid today too but um yeah so speaking of like you mentioned at that time years ago what your master tech was telling about the industry changing it's changing again and it may not i don't know what's gonna be happening but it's changing as you mentioned to me to the point where some of these brands are going direct to consumer yeah which is crazy yeah so when you start talking about what's going on right now uh in terms of the whole microchip shortage and and just people not being able to get new cars uh, effectively you've got uh, manufacturers that are starting to think okay well do we even need you know the sales aspect of the dealership anymore um you've got companies like tesla and rivian that are doing direct to consumer and at that point, you have people that can literally just click, click, boom. Yeah. And then, you know, the vehicle shows up at your front door. Yeah. Somebody walks you through it and you're done. How nice is that? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty interesting. So, like, I, I know, like, for instance, if you were to walk into a test, and this is pre-pandemic, everything, into a Tesla showroom, it's sort of like they'll have, like, one Model X, one Model 3, like a Model S or something, let's just say, and they'll show you like all of the colors on a screen like all all the information and how yours could look and as you mentioned you literally just order it yeah so um it's interesting that those cars took that those companies took that approach from the beginning but now we're seeing like ford who's been established for so many years is starting to do that which is that's that's pretty interesting yeah ford is actually uh they're talking about uh between Right now, Ford is trying to be the big, big American push for the EV market. Uh, obviously, for a long time, you've had Tesla that has dominated it for such a long time. Uh, but now Ford is wanting to kind of get a bigger piece of that. And so they're saying, okay, what is Rivian doing? What is Tesla doing? What are these other companies doing uh, that is able to make them so effective? And so with that is when you start talking Ford, again, a big established company, not a company that's only been around for 15, 20 years. Yeah. A company that's been around for a hundred plus. And so when they start talking, they start thinking, that means things are going to start changing. Other, other companies, other manufacturers are going to fall in place and things are going to change, you know? And so I definitely feel that there is that point where eventually got the manufacturer that may end up doing that and just say hey you know what 
we may not need a sale, a dedicated sales department anymore. And so now the dealership is now a lounge area and a service center. Because again, as we talk about that progression, the change, yeah, you have way more people that are looking at a full electric vehicle. So chances are your dealership is going to be used as a as a charging station slash service yeah, showroom service station. Yeah, I mean that's uh, and people may be watching this thinking, oh, that sounds crazy, but it's really not because that literally exists today. Yeah. Um, so. It's, it's really not too far out of the ordinary that that can become like a mass adoption thing. Yeah, no, they've definitely, uh, they're, they're in the works of potentially making it happen. Just, I mean, you have the whole uh, legal aspect to it uh, that was originally set up way back in the day uh, to supposedly protect the consumer. And so at that point now, you know, we have the advances in technology. You have the fact that nowadays people just want everything that much quicker, that much easier, that much, you know, just black and white, just get it done. I just want a car again. Yeah. Okay. What's easier than having it delivered to your front door? That's true. Yeah. Cause I mean, the years <laughs> of like the salesman going to you, going to his sales manager and like negotiating back and forth is so strange to me. I feel like there's so much wasted time. And like, I've never actually been in sales, but we've worked with salesmen and everything. Yeah. And look, they do a great job. Like, you know, it is, they're, they are helping the customers and everything. But I just think that model of like, a customer sitting there and it's, it's like, all right, game on, the bell rings. And it's like, well, I want the best deal and they want to sell it to you for more. Yeah. And it wastes a lot of time. It's stressful. And... Um, yeah, that's. I just feel like that's kind of an old school type of business model that uh, may be fading out. And I think these crazy markups at these dealerships that we're seeing, I mean, a hundred grand for a two door Ford Bronco <laughs> down the street, uh, yeah. I think is is going to be the thing that breaks the camel's back on on this new move. Yeah, I mean, going back to you know the the whole experience of, of somebody buying a vehicle is it is awkward it is it is uncomfortable it is time consuming it is for some people it becomes their second job uh trying to find a vehicle and especially right now uh, with the shortage going on yeah you know so not only are you applying your time before you even walk into the dealership okay now i have to sit there and you know, do the process, the financing, the number game, the, the whole dance, Yeah. you know? And so with that is to, to cut out that entire process and, and just say, okay, these are my terms. This is what I'm looking for. And, and the, the entire manufacturer just say, okay, fine. That works. The car will be delivered this day. Does that work? Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, and the markups thing, you know, with the, with the sales right now, uh, the, the, adjustments whatever it is that you want to call it or try to justify it it doesn't make sense yeah you know, it, it, it doesn't make sense uh, there's there's a point where as a, as a company I understand okay you have to operate there's operating costs uh, you know you have to keep the lights on I get it but when you're gouging yeah that aspect yeah just, it's too much and like look yeah, I mean, I, I kind of understand, like, look, we are we have less cars coming in. We're selling less cars, maybe, you know, 1500 bucks, depending on what car. If we're talking Toyotas, two, two grand maybe. But, I mean, 
it's not even about that. Like, there's literally cars, like, normal cars that people would, would probably afford on a day-to-day basis, 10 grand over. Oh, yeah. um, these nicer cars, 20, 30, sometimes even 40. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, a Ford Bronco is kind of like a normal person's car. And, and uh, it's, it's something like that isn't too unattainable. But, yeah, when you're marking it up, an extra 40 grand, yeah. that's... Yeah, that's too much. That's yeah. that's gouging, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's crazy. You, you, when you start talking, you start adding on the cost of a whole other car on yeah. a car. I mean, it just <laughs> why? Yeah, you know. And unfortunately, is you have people that they're put in positions where now they they have to buy a car. Yeah, they have to. You know, from one day to the next, a, a car accident or it gets stolen or it gets damaged in some way. Whatever it may be is all of a sudden these people have to buy a car right now. And so they're stuck with, you get these options. This is what you got. These are the deals. These are, this is what we yeah. have. Take it or leave it. And so I feel that that is how people are, are getting hit with these markups or uh, getting hit with the super high payments. Mm-hmm. Out of the desperation of needing a car. And Something so simple. And when you say like getting hit with the markups and hit with the you know these high prices, it's literally hitting people because um, auto repossessions are up more than ever. Um, consumer automobile debt is skyrocketed. Like oh, yeah. it is, it's literally cause and effect, and we are starting to see the effects. And some of these loans were, I've heard, under three percent, two two percent, and people are still getting these cars repossessed. Um, the repo lots are filling up like crazy. Um, so, yes, uh, as you mentioned, it's, it really is cause and effect. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got the average car payment now that's over north of $700. Yeah. Plus insurance, plus gas. Registration. But, yeah, I mean, where, how? You know, yeah. how do you justify spending over $1,000 for this mode of transportation? Yeah. You know, and then again, unfortunately, some people have to in that sense where they need a car in that emergency point. But if you don't think about it, you're now stuck in this payment of $1,000 a month plus your interest. Yeah. You know, and, and you're talking these interest rates are through the roof right now, yeah, too. That's crazy. So you start doing the math, you're now paying a hundred grand for a Tundra. You're paying, you know, $120,000 for a vehicle that, if this wasn't going on, would have just been a normal vehicle and you would have been able to obtain it in a normal time frame. Mm-hmm. You would have been making normal payments. Everything would have been fine and you would have been able to afford it at a normal rate. But yeah. now, no. You know, that $70,000 truck now all of a sudden costs you 120000 And some people don't even necessarily realize it. Like they, like they don't realize with the interest, if I do pay this thing off in 72 or 84 months, it, it actually will become, instead of 70, 120 grand. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah, that, that that's racks crazy. up real quick. Yeah. It racks up real quick, you know, and, and it's just definitely something where, you know, the average consumer right now, definitely, it's, it's one of those things where uh, educate, 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 you know, definitely come in with your notes, come in with whatever it is to just prepare yourself for what it is that you're looking for. Yeah. You know, if, if, and be realistic. You know, understand, okay, what is my credit standing? What, what am I, where am I? What am I looking at? 
you know, what can I afford? And, and I feel that, you know, asking yourself those actual questions and, and not, oh, what do I want? What can I afford? That shift is what will definitely save you from getting taken or from buying getting a vehicle that is way too much money than what you should be paying. Yeah. You know, and, and oftentimes people get blindsided with oh, the shiny pretty. Yeah. But can't. Damn, dude. Well, shoot, man, it's getting pretty hot in here. I really, dude, I really appreciate you putting up with the 95 degrees in this garage. <laughs> and, dude, bringing your, all this stuff. Like, honestly, man, I'm really happy we did this because I feel like we kind of broke into covering these cars, yeah, automotive business, and just scratched the surface of your, like, expertise being in this industry for so long, dude. But, uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate it, dude. Of course, um, of course. I'm is there anything else I'm missing or you want to hit on today? Obviously, we can always do a, a lot more, you know, shows and stuff, dude. Yeah, I mean, my main thing is just, um, I would just say, you know, these little these little cars, we'll start there. <laughs> uh, these little cars, way more than what people think. Uh, it's definitely something where it's, it's a hobby for some. It's a, you know, when people are getting it tattooed on them, I think it's pretty serious, you know, so yeah. at that point... Uh, you know, these things are lots of fun and, and you're able to just enjoy something small and relatively cheap and it can be as expensive as you want it to, but you're able to just enjoy that, you know, and, and with the automotive industry, it's just, it's something where we, in, in, a, in a service point, people are dealing with a lot more than the sales side. So just education, education, that is really going to help you saving yourself mm. from, you know, falling uh, falling prey to unfortunately yes there are practices and things that happen and that's that would be stuff that we can cover in other you know in other episodes definitely um, we could probably do a whole yeah. skit on just <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we really hit on some good parts about like what you're mentioning about like you know because of these crazy markups and the way things are people are suffering you know cars are getting repossessed uh, higher rates than normal and now the industry is changing also as a result of that. So I'm excited to see what happens in the next five years, dude. I just, I hope we can still have our gas powered uh, <laughs> fossil, fossil cars, you yeah, know? Yeah, so, that'd be cool. I mean, yeah, man. It, it just, uh, you know, again, the, the education aspect for the people uh, definitely, definitely will, will help save themselves in that. And the, uh, the markups will maybe someday go away. Don't know, but. We'll see. Time will tell. Yeah, exactly. All Damn, right. dude. Shoot, man. I really, dude, this was amazing, dude. I'm so glad we did this, dude. And, uh, yeah, man, shoot. Maybe what we could do is if you could leave what's on the table, um, that we can use on another episode. I'm going to go through all of our audio. And when we're talking about each one, get clips. I'll add it in there. It's going to look awesome. And then I'll add in some extra ones. Cool. So, gotcha. Oh, yeah, dude. Love it.